In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who truly does give us all that we need, including a chance to repent. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here we are once again on a Wednesday evening, considering a phrase that perhaps even if you didn't fill out a sheet for tonight, you've considered it in your own mind. What kind of things you've wanted to change in your life. Certainly it's something that is pretty common amongst us as a people. We have these even ritualistic times where we consider those changes. I just had a birthday a little while ago, and that's a time when we consider the changes in our lives. We consider what maybe we can do differently this year and how that might make things turn out a little bit differently. We may be looking at our own lives like this owner of the vineyard who says, well, for the past three years I haven't seen much fruit. Maybe one more year will count. So what kind of things have you wanted to change in your life? What kind of things have you isolated this Lent in particular that you want to repent of, that you want to turn from? Well, some of you were brave enough to write out a few answers. I need to change and not be so judgmental, says this one. It's something that we're all tempted to do so often. To judge. To think what I know and what I think is really the most correct thing. I'm much better than these other people. I'm much better than the way that this is being put together. I'm much better than whatever it is. So often we can get wrapped up in that sense of judgment, in that sense of wanting to say, I am the supreme authority upon everything. Yet, some of us don't even know what we're judging. One person responded anonymously, not anonymously, um, it was Joshua, a young man who's only been coming here for a little while on and off, trying to figure out where his faith fits into his life. And he writes, The path of my life sometimes, I think, needs to change. Sometimes I feel as if I don't know where I'm going, and I wouldn't be surprised to learn that it isn't the path God wants me to travel. How often do we sort of feel like that? A little bit lost. A little bit unsure of what's going on around us. Not even knowing what needs to change. But just having this gut feeling inside of us that something is wrong. Something does need to change. Something is off. Thank you. (laughs) If it's God, we'll say hi. And yet, somebody else puts something that's almost seemingly the exact opposite. It says, I need to change how I use my time. Instead of just saying that I'll do something, I need to actually do it. 
it's interesting, especially these two, the one where the young gentleman is talking about his path, the path of life that he is on, that he feels that somehow that's not exactly where God wants him to be, but he's not quite sure. And then this other one where the person who's writing seems to know deep down inside what needs to be done, but yet they can't get themselves to do it. It fits pretty well into this gospel reading that it feels like we've probably dissected a thousand different times before. This gospel reading about this man who goes into his field, into his vineyard, and he finds there a fig tree that has been there, we find out, for three years. Now, I don't know how many of you in here are amateur botanists or even professional botanists, but three years for a fig tree is a very long time. I found out. In fact, most fig trees, once they reach a point of maturity, which should take at most two years, a fig tree should bear fruit twice in a year. And here, this patient owner is saying, Well, it's been three years. That's six harvests that I should have had that I have not had. And so he goes to his vine dresser and he says, cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? But then the vine dresser comes back and he says, just give me another year. Give me one more year. Let me dig around it. Let me put manure on it. Let me take care of this. And then after that one more year, after that, then we can cut it down. But give me this year. Give me this year. For our friend who doesn't know really what path he's supposed to be on, that little bit of time is really useful it's that time that we probably all need at some point in our lives to sit back and to reflect and to really dig down deep to understand what God does want of us what God wants for us to do what God wants for us to even believe What God wants us to build our lives around. That time for contemplation. And yet, there's somebody else here. Somebody who seems like they have done all of the contemplating that they really need to do. Somebody who is, in fact, confessing in this sheet that they've had plenty of time to think about what it is that they need to do. They just haven't acted on it. And they need some time to act and to succeed in those actions and to even fail in those actions so that they can learn from doing. We can all use a little bit more time 
when it comes to changing. That's part of what Lent is all about. A series of 40 weekdays, 40 days not including the Sundays, where we have time, perhaps time to contemplate what it is that we need to be doing during this season and really throughout the rest of our lives. And then for some of us, time to actually work on doing those things. Time to let the rubber hit the road of our lives and our walks with Jesus. It's really kind of interesting the way that this all kind of works into who Jesus is and what Jesus does for us. Because you see, you have, first of all, this three-year period. And it's been a lot longer than that in probably most of your lives here. Most of you have probably had a little bit more than three years to get your lives in order to do what it needs to be done as a upstanding Christian. As somebody who knows what God's will is, who knows your commandments who knows the Bible, who actually opens up your Bible. Yet sometimes we we need that time. And sometimes we need the urgency of the Master saying, you have a year. You have a year to change this. You have a year to make this different. You have a year to make this better. You have a year to contemplate what it is that I want you to do with life. You have a year to read your Bible, to read your catechism, to read, to contemplate, to think, to get away, to decide finally what that is for your life. Or if you're on the other side of things, you have a year to go and do and experiment and try and believe that God is actually Meaning what he says when he speaks to you from the Bible. Yes, we all need time. We all need a little bit of urgency as well. But then our Lord comes into the equation. And he says, one more year. One more year. I I know this guy. I know these people. I know that they need another year. And in fact, I know that they're never going to get it right. I know that they are going to make mistakes time after time again. That they're going to need more time to contemplate and they're going to need more time to do it. And I'm willing to put myself down as the down payment for all of the time that they need. I'm willing to die on a cross to pay for that price. I'm willing to die so that they can have just one more year. And just one more year after that. And just one more year after that. And just one more year after that. Until it's eternity. And then we won't have to worry about 
a little bit more time. Because time won't mean the same thing. There will no longer be the looming axe above our heads. There will only be Christ's love. And for us, that begins today. For us, that knowledge that we have one more year, that we have one more chance, begins today. So whatever it is that you need to change in your life, if you need to contemplate what it is that God wants you to do, then contemplate it. Use the rest of Lent. You've got a couple more weeks. Contemplate. Or if you need to act, if you need to actually go and do the things that you've been dreaming about and you've been thinking about and that God has been putting into your brain and into your imagination, then you've got two more weeks. Do it. You've got another chance. And another chance after that, and another chance after that, because He loved you enough to die on a cross so that you could have another chance, and another chance, and another year, and another year. Bobby Fischer, the great chess player, once went to, as a little boy, went to this art museum, and he saw this very interesting picture on the wall. There was this interesting picture where it was sort of a point of view of a man who was playing the devil in chess. And the name of the painting was Checkmate. And it was almost as if you could hear the devil snarling out that he had won, that it was over, that all of the chances were taken up. And that the devil was saying, Checkmate, you're mine. But the artist was probably a chess player himself. And certainly Bobby Fischer, one of the champions of chess, was a chess player and even a young child chess prodigy at that time. And he began to tug on his father's sleeve and say, Father, Father, there's one more Move. The painter had left one more move, one more way to get out of checkmate. That's what we have been left. Our Lord has left us Himself as that move, that chance to change. We have this one more year left. We have this two weeks left in Lent. Let's do something with it. And wait until the next chance that we get. Amen.